So if you actually learn about these things and you start learning how to read nutrition labels, you realize, oh my gosh, even though this is organic and like vegan and, you know, blah, 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 and whatever the marketing label is saying, you turn it around, you look at the ingredients and you're like, wait, but the very second ingredient they put in was canola oil. I'm not putting that in my body. I'm not feeding that to my baby. Mm -hmm. Right. So once you learn some of these things, you can't unknow it. Right. Once you know it, you can't unknow it. Our whole intention is just education, is just enlightenment, is just like you feeling empowered and knowing. Cause I think so many people just don't know. They think, oh, I'm eating hummus and carrots. I'm super freaking healthy. That might seem like it's healthy, but if your carrots are organic and if your hummus is packed with canola oil, that's actually not a healthy snack. No. Welcome, friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's gonna be, who you're gonna be, how you're gonna do it. And then from that point, the universe is gonna get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Happy Wednesday. It's episode two of our May series, and this whole series is on really the four pillars of health. If you didn't catch last week's episode, go back and listen. We shared a little bit about our health journey. We kind of did an overview of what to expect throughout this month. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't caught on to the structure Wade and I break up our episodes with an A, B, and a C block. An A block is usually like an, a life update, a quick question or relationship check-in just for, so you guys like feel connected to us and know like maybe what's going on in our personal life. The B block is usually like the the heifer part of the episode, like what it's kind of about. And then the C block is usually like a quote or a takeaway or something that you can apply. So the A block today, Wade, you ready for it? Ready. You don't know what's coming. Ready to rock. All right. What is your ideal morning routine? Ooh, I like that question. That's a good one. Definitely up early. I love being up early in the morning, like even before the sun and really before the world is awake Mm. because it's so peaceful and tranquil. Like when you know most of the world's sleeping, there's not a lot of cars out. It's just so peaceful. And then you get to watch the sunrise. I love mixing in uh, meditation, some, some gratitude journaling, some reading. And recently I've been adding cold plunging in every morning for like four or five minutes. And it's just been amazing. And after that, I feel like my soul is full. My body feels really good. And I've really loved recently. I like doing stuff on my own, but I also like doing stuff together with you where I know we're reading a book. Um, I forget wisdom the title. From the Womb? Wisdom wisdom From the Womb. Or In yeah. the Womb, something like that. Something to, to, where we're reading it together and we snuggle on the couch together and I read it to you mm-hmm. and our baby. And it makes me feel really connected to you and to our baby. So that's kind of a general. What about you? I love it. Um, I feel like my answer depends on what season I'm in. Like Mm -hmm. my answer a year ago would have been different than now. In the current season I'm in right now, I'm um, doing 75 hard. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, it's a mental toughness challenge. It's 75 consecutive days of a particular uh, outline of activities, like two 45-minute workouts. One of them has to be outdoors. It's drinking a gallon of water per day. It's following any diet of your choosing, but no alcohol, no cheat meals. Um, It's taking a progress picture. It's reading 10 pages of a personal development book per day and a progress picture. Did I already say that? Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah. So what I've loved most about the program and that I've really made part of my morning routine is starting my morning with reading. Like, I love waking up and then like when it's still quiet, like you're saying, the quiet part of the day before the world is awake, um, diving into a book. Like I just really, really like – it's like a way for my brain to slowly start waking up. So I really like that. And then I always make my like green supplement drink and Mm. my tea and get cozy usually on the couch in my robe and a fuzzy uh, fuzzy blanket. Mm -hmm. And then maybe like playing like Beautiful Chorus, which is like one of my favorite artists – and having something peaceful on in the background, like on the on the TV, like I do it through YouTube, and just like kind of centering and setting the intention for my day. Like, okay, 
what do I want today to look like? Like I kind of go through my head. I'll look at my calendar like, oh, what calls do I have or what do I have? And then envisioning like perfect outcomes for each thing and um, just kind of like thinking through like, okay, in 12 hours or whenever I go start winding down for tonight, maybe 15 hours, what do I want to feel like today? Like what's something I want to have accomplished or how do I want to feel? So kind of just like peaceful, quiet time inwards. Like, it's not like I'm like, I meditate for this many minutes and then I Mm -hmm. journal and then I like say affirmations and blah, blah, blah. I've had seasons of my life where I'm like extremely structured and I follow the miracle morning and blah, blah, blah. And I've realized that's not super aligned for where I'm at in my life right now. I do like to have intentional mornings, but, um, Mm -hmm. I like them being flowy. Yeah. And I'd say this is a great, that question is a great call to action for you, the listener, because I think what we've realized in, in the past, probably five plus years of having a morning routine to Mm -hmm. an extent, not that we do every single day, but when you're intentional about your morning, your days are much more intentional Mm -hmm. and your soul and your cup is filled to start your day. And there's still going to be craziness in the day and fires to put out and all the things and stressors, but really reset centering and aligning with yourself and or your partner in the morning is huge. So if you don't, you know, if you just wake up and start getting into life and the stressors of the day, we'd encourage you guys like maybe wake up a little earlier, maybe start to do one thing or something where that fills your cup and your soul to start your day and where you can get intentional. So good. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. There's times like, I think it was, I don't know, even last week there was one day where we went to bed later than normal. Like it was Mm -hmm. like in the 11s. So I didn't wake up at my normal 444. I woke up at like 630 when I heard my daughter on the monitor, like, me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I woke up when she woke up and that whole day was like one drama after the next. Like I was like, oh, this day, like I just (laughs) fucking like I was so like irritable all day because I'm like, I literally didn't even wash my face or brush my teeth before I got her. It was full blown mom mode. Like my life is literally revolving around her existence, which I'm so grateful for. But, um, that day, like I literally noticed a different, and then it just everything. It's like, I'm irritable. I'm pissed. Everything annoys me. I'm resentful towards Wade. Like I'm mad at myself. Like I'm not being a good mom. Like literally everything just spirals. So I've really learned I need to have that hour or so to myself to just like recenter, check in. And then when I hear her go off on the monitor, I'm like, oh, we get to go get our baby. Yeah. And we're like so excited because we've already like done a good amount of things to pour into ourselves. That's the you, the morning routine and then playing with our daughter, oh Cameron. Gosh. Like that is the dream. But anyways, let's get into the bulk of today's show. And it is on cellular cleansing and on kind of a, adopting a lifestyle when it comes to nutrition. Because yeah. if there's one thing, diets don't work. I'll just go out and say that diets don't work. Why don't they work? Because a diet by nature is temporary. The only way it works is for very short-term results. You you diet, you cut calories, you restrict, you do something totally abnormal from what you usually do so you can fit into the bathing suit for the vacation or look better or whatever it is. And not to say that can't benefit you in the short term. Of course it can. But I think what Sandy and I, our principles and how we think about nutrition and how we think about health is what can we sustain as a lifestyle? What can make us feel good, not only today, but in two weeks, but for a long time. And and that aids to our energy today, but also towards our energy, like living good days for a long time and longevity, not just this crash diet to get some result in the next two weeks or month or whatever it is. And I think the biggest thing, like what we're focused on, what we're aiming to emphasize and teach you is not about short-term goals. Like what Mm -hmm. we're aiming to teach you is like long-term sustainable lifestyle. Like the, this episode, this series, this whole focus is on helping you elevate your overall health and well-being, not in the short term, like truly for life where you could learn things in this series that literally like affect your children, your children's children, like just generationally is like restructuring the way you think about food, the way you think about nourishing your mind, the way you think about just well-being overall. Yeah. And so in coming back to, yeah, the, to the goals to promote healthy, sustainable lifestyle habits. And you guys, the, what we put in our body, if not the number one thing, is is one of the most important things when it comes to our health, our well-being, how we feel. How are we fueling ourselves physically by what we're putting in and on our body? And 
I know one thing we wanted to cover today is cellular cleansing because mm-hmm. there's dieting, there's eating right, but there's also cellular cleansing. And you want to add something? I just wanted to say, you know, we've had amazing guests on the podcast before. We had someone, I don't know which episode it was, but her name is Dr. Tanda Cook. We had her on, gosh, probably a year and a half ago. And she's, I'm trying to remember her exact title, what, a naturopath? A, yeah, yeah. Um, like some sort of holistic doctor, right? Mm-hmm. And she lives on a farm in Tennessee. She grows like a lot of her own produce. She's an amazing person to follow on Instagram. She does like Tips Tuesday. And I think that's what she calls it. And there's like health tips and hacks. And she just teaches you so much about health and wellness and how to nourish your body and so many great things. So you can always refer back to things like that. I think we are going to have a guest um, on this series at some point. But really what we wanted to focus on was like diet versus sustainable lifestyle. So we have this little thing that we're looking at that's in front of us that a dietitian and naturopath gave us. And we love referring to this. So we're kind of looking at this as we talk about this. Yeah. Um, but let's dive into like, okay, nutritional rebalancing and how it's not a diet. Yeah. So let's look at like what a diet is and why they typically don't work and what nutritional rebalancing is, what cellular cleansing is and what can be sustainable. So I'm going to need you to have some vision here on this. If you're listening to the podcast, first take a picture of like an overweight, let's think about like stick, not stick figures, but a drawing of a human being, just an outline and maybe an overweight, like a, a well overweight person just for illustration purposes. And then picture a bunch of like colorful little circles, like dots that fill up their body. And what those are, are toxins in our body. And we get toxins in our body from everything in today's environment. Honestly, no matter how healthy you are, toxins are entering your body. And that's through the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat, the products we put on our skin, so many different things. Hell, even the thoughts. The thoughts we You can have negative thoughts that create toxins in your body. Yeah. Like that's crazy. The human mind is very powerful. So it's impossible to avoid toxins. It's very important not to let them stay and linger in our body. So detoxing, cellular cleansing, a part of today's episode will be kind of about detoxing nutritionally. And I know we want to cover kind of detoxing your life in future Mm -hmm. episodes, but let's start with dieting. So this bigger kind of overweight uh, human outline figure, right? has all these toxins in their body with these colorful dots. Let's say it fills up half their body. And when they diet, they're going to cut calories typically it can result in fat loss. But what it does is like typically you cut calories, you you just totally change what you're doing in a very short term focus. And when you cut calories and you diet, typically you don't release toxins or detox. So what was that bigger person with the toxins feeling like halfway up their body now has lost weight, but hasn't detox, hasn't released the toxins from their body. So their toxic density goes up. So they now have more toxins per pound of body weight, right? So they're technically more toxic <laughs> from the inside. And what happens here, this is why we see rebounding, where you know when you, you know, for anyone who's ever done this or seen anyone do it, where they they diet for the vacation um, and then they rebound back, right back to where they were or even more so. Even, yeah, a and, lot of times. And what happens there is, toxic overload in the body triggers the body's need to create fat and weight is regained because fat is created on our body to protect our organs from toxins. And so we literally, our body is so smart. It's so smart. And so it says, whoa, there's a lot of toxins in in this body. I'm going to create more fat so the fat can absorb these toxins and kind of sit in these toxins so it stays away from from different organs of the body that it doesn't want it affecting so that goes and creates unwanted weight that's why we see you know the the typical standard american diet most i think the average american is is 15 to 30 pounds overweight i don't know the exact stat it depends on male female all the things but on average the average american isn't healthy is overweight is honestly a bit sick And it's really a lot of it's from the food we eat and not detoxing our body. So now let's look at cellular cleansing where... Before you do. Yeah. So if you're envisioning what we've kind of walked you through. So let's imagine there's three human figures. We didn't say that at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So on the very far left is like the bigger overweight 
figure that definitely has a lot of extra toxic sludge. Mm -hmm. The middle figure has lost weight, right? But their toxic density has increased. All those colorful dots have increased because, yes, they've lost weight, but they have not released the toxins, right? Their body is- So the same amount of toxins in a smaller body. Yes. So their body's in metabolic chaos and it doesn't know what to do. It's extremely confused. Now, the figure on the very right, which Wade is about to address, is the person that goes through cellular cleansing. And maybe not only have they lost the weight, but they've also drastically decreased the toxin and impurities that have created maybe some of that unwanted weight. So now we're going to dive into like, what is cellular cleansing? What is the importance of that? And then there's a few other things I want to touch on after. Yeah. Yeah. So cellular cleansing or nutritional rebalancing or finding a healthy nutritional lifestyle where you're not doing this short-term temporary calorie cutting restrictive, whatever, but finding a lifestyle that's predominantly healthy habits, especially when it comes to eating. For example, Sandy and I, I like to think we do an 80-20 or 90-10 lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 80 to 90% of the time, we're eating clean things we know that fuel our body. 10 to 20% we'll enjoy, even if it's, you know, whatever, a gluten-free banana bread or cake we made. We know that's probably not fueling our body. It's cleaner than the gluten version or whatever, but that's in the 10 to 20% sensible indulgences. Enjoy those things. I'll go out for a burger and beer sometimes with the fries, with all the beers, with all the things with the boys. It's not about never doing things again, unless your body has a very adverse reaction. You know, Sandy, you stay away from gluten. Gluten is, you know, synon you know, not good for us, right? Especially American gluten. And that's a different episode. But cellular cleansing aims to remove these toxins. So let's think of that normal human figure. And, it, and originally it has a lot of toxins in the body. Cellular cleansing is eating right, but it's also working to detox the body and removing toxins from the body, kind of opening up the floodgates and the spigot to release toxins. And we do that in a, in a lot of different ways. One, it's eating the right things. It's avoiding some of those really bad things, uh, the processed foods, the industrial seed oils, all those things, taking supplements and certain things that support detoxing the body, support detoxing the liver. There's things like exercise and sweat. Sweating helps you detox. A sauna helps you detox. There's a lot of different things. But as far as what we eat, it's focusing on the right nutrition. It's supplementing with certain things that help your gut health and help detox. And it's removing a lot of those toxic things. And that includes what we put on our body. And that's probably a future episode. But what starts to happen when you remove the toxins, your body, again, really smart, goes, oh, wow, okay, I don't need excess fat right now because there's not a lot of toxins in this body. They've been removed. All right, well, this person is eating right. Maybe they're moving. Maybe they're working out. Maybe they're going for walks. We all pretty much move as humans. And I'm going to start to melt away excess fat because I do not need it to store those toxins. And also, if I'm exercising, I'm going to start to create lean muscle. And that's when you start to see your physique really change. When, of course, you're doing some sort of movement or exercise, but you're pairing it with cellular cleansing, nutritional rebalancing, and the right foods. And what happens here is if you can start to create those healthy habits that are sustainable when it comes to food nutrition, you start to maintain the physique that you want or you're seeking and that feels and looks healthy. And that's with the nutritional balance and it's keeping you naturally lean while cleansing and managing toxins. Now, that doesn't mean you need a detox at all times in your life, but you can do things that support it. We we drink a detox tea a lot. Um, we try and eat the right foods. We, we kick the wrong foods out. Occasionally, we'll do certain things. We I know we have like a detox healthy lemonade that we do sometimes. And th there's there's all sorts of things you can do. But when you start to feel that way and you look that way, you're like, I don't want to give this up. Let me just continue this lifestyle 80-20 or 90-10. And so that's kind of the difference between dieting and cellular cleansing. And this isn't to shame anyone that's like no. unsure of how to, you know, you know, take care of yourself. Or maybe you didn't grow up with any knowledge around health or nutrition or you just learned about like the food pyramid and, you know, in school and thought like that that was the way to live, right? There's no shame there. I have tried many, many diets in my life. I have done like Atkins and Jenny Craig and I did a lemon cayenne thing. And, you know, it's just, it's very triggering to me, especially with social media these days when I hear or see people like in an unhealthy way, like limiting calories or mm. thinking like, oh, I'm on a no carb, no fat diet or certain things where I'm like, wait, what? Like you need to 
you actually need healthy fats. Like you shouldn't be not eating that. Or for example, like vegans, like no shame on vegans. There are some healthy vegans out there, but most vegans that I know are not healthy at all. Like they don't eat meat, but they're totally fine with a funnel cake. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so... Gluten and processed sugar, and they eat a lot more processed foods. They yes. usually don't get enough protein. Now, I do know some vegans that do it right. Yes. It's harder, but you can do it right. But yeah, there's a lot by default. You just, it's marketing now. You see something that says vegan, vegan banana bread in the coffee shop, and you're like, oh, it's loaded. There's no butter in it, but it's loaded with sugar, and it's it's gluten, and it's that is just completely not healthy. Yeah. So as Wade mentioned, like, you know, the 80-20 or the 90-10 lifestyle, the way I think of it, and I want to mention this too, like when we coach people through our program, I always love retraining people's verbiage instead of saying like, I cheated or like, oh, I want to have a cheat meal. Like I make my clients eliminate the word cheat. Cheat is such a negative low vibe word, right? If your spouse cheats on you, that's pretty freaking horrible, right? (laughs) We don't use the word cheat. We're going to use the word treat. Good reframe. Yes. So when I have clients that are like, oh, I'm at this wedding or or this birthday party and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm a couple months into the program and I'm feeling so good, but like, I really want to have a margarita. I'm like, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Go have a margarita. You deserve it. Go have two. Don't go have freaking 10. Yeah. But go have a margarita. Unless it's like your best friends and you're me and you want to have 10 margaritas and get lit on the dance floor. No. No. <laughs> that, that, alcohol is a toxin, right? Yeah. And so you got to choose it sensibly. Like it does go in. That's why we get hangovers or negative effects because it's your body saying, hey, yo, you just put a lot of toxins in the body. I'm going to give you a hangover. I'm going to give you a headache. I'm going to give you fatigue you. Mm-hmm. because this is, I'm telling you, hey, don't do this to me. Yep. So with that 80, 20, 90, 10, the way I think of it is 80% of the things, 80 plus percent of the things that you open your mouth to put in, is it, is it healthy for you? Like, did it, would your ancestors have eaten it? Or is it something that was invented recently? Right. Is it a food like substance? Like, is it Cheetos? Is it Doritos? Is it Skittles? Is it drive through something that your grandparents wouldn't have been able to eat because it literally didn't exist? Right. Or is it like plants or, you know, beans or legumes or nuts or eggs or, you know, a protein, whatever it is. So 80% of what we eat is like, I would say is probably mostly paleo. We eat a ton of greens. We eat a ton of vegetables. We eat a ton of fruit. We eat a ton of eggs. Um, Of course we have pasta. We had pasta last night. We had a, I think it was a brown rice pasta. So it only had one ingredient, brown rice, and that was a treat for us, right? So we've just reframed that. Something else I want to share on, babe, do you want to pull up on your phone the clean 15 versus the dirty dozen? Yeah. And before we do, I know you talked about, like, think about what did our ancestors eat? Even what did, what did our grandparents eat before the modern industrialization of food and Oreos were a thing and all this like highly processed stuff? Are you eating things from the earth where is there one ingredient in, in beef there's one ingredient, it's beef. In broccoli, in spinach, in carrots, in apples, in any fruit, in any vegetable, in any meat, in eggs, there's one ingredient. So the less ingredients you eat, honestly, the better. However, this day and age, we don't have a diverse enough nutritional profile. And even, for example, I, I read this the other day and I just brought it up on my phone. And this study's from 1999, so it's actually worse today. But in, in 1999, an apple was 38% less nutritious than 1950. Now it's 2023, 23 years later. Now it's probably 50, 50 or worse. An apple, you know, they go, you go to the grocery store and it's all shiny and whatever. They like start to wax apples. They do things to it to make it more colorful and whatever. They genetically modify it a bit. So it's even crazy this day and age, even if we're eating apples and apple a day, right? And the right things, we aren't getting the same nutrition as our grandparents did in 1950 or, you know, anyone in 1950. So it's pretty crazy. So this day and age, yes, whole foods is the main focus, but we're almost at this point where we need to supplement. You probably should have a protein supplement. You should have probiotics and prebiotics. You should have certain things to supplement to help you. Magnesium, vitamin D3, stuff like that, because we aren't getting the full spectrum and enough of it in our diets, in our nutrition, which is crazy. And so it's finding a good, clean supplements. It's finding the right ones. But we're at a point where 
we need to, unless you you have your own farm and you're literally growing all this by yourself, that's the best, right? But we need to supplement. Um, the Clean 15, yeah. So let's talk about organic, Clean 15, Dirty Dozen, when to buy organic. And also let's say when you're in the grocery store shopping, again, go back to what has one ingredient and what has many. And Oreo has like 70 ingredients. You don't even know what 69 of them are. And it's just so bad for you, right? Versus all those other things, the fruits, the veggies, the the protein, the meat, uh, the eggs, they have one ingredient. So when in a grocery store, when you go in, when you stay on the outside of the grocery store, the perimeter. the perimeter, you're finding the produce, the fruits, the veggies, the meat, the things like that. When you start to go inside, you're finding the crackers, the chips, you the mean cookies, the aisles. the aisles. Yeah. Sorry. The aisles have all the, the processed stuff, right? So that's a good thing to notice. Like Am I buying 80, 90% of things from the outside, the perimeter, or is am I mostly in the aisles? Mm, um, I love that. So, yes. So if you're tuning in from the United States, like we mentioned last episode, we have people tuning in from over 100 countries. So it's different in different countries, but we live in the United States. That's kind of what we're focusing on. In the United States, it's a huge problem how much like we spray our produce and you know the mass farming and pesticides and all the stuff that we're consuming on our food. So for us here in America, buying organic is a big deal. In mm -hmm. some countries, that's not a big deal because they don't use the glyphosate and the all the nasty stuff that we use. So organic isn't even like a term that they really use. But here it is a big deal. And this is a really cool, you may have heard of this, you may have not. You could literally go on Instagram and look this up. You could Google this. This is super cool, but this is a good thing to go off of. Can I jump into pesticides real quick? Sure. Yeah. So why anyone who's ever been to Europe and say you've been to Italy and you can eat the pasta and the pizza and the wine and you're like, whoa, I didn't gain weight. I didn't feel bad. I came back the same weight or, or even less weight or whatever it is. And you're like, whoa, versus when I eat pasta, gluten pasta and pizza and wine in the US, like I gain weight. I don't. Eat. So it's how we are what we eat, but we are what we eat eats too. And we're a product of that. And so the uh, wheat plant in Italy is harvested in a way better way. They aren't allowed to use a lot of things like pesticides. They don't use those things. It might be a local farm. It's just cared for. The soil is different. In the US, we've just industrialized everything. Our soil is depleted. It's growing from this not nutrient dense soil. It is genetically modified oftentimes, especially with a wheat plant, gluten, and it's sprayed with pesticides, something called glyphosate or Roundup to keep bugs and whatever away and to keep the profitability to make sure they get the most crop out. They spray a ton of pesticides. Pesti do you think pesticides are good for your body or do you think that's toxic? Do you think that it's literally a known carcinogen? It leads to things like cancer. So in the U.S., we're spraying all this stuff, and that's why it's very important to get organic. Now, even when you get organic, it doesn't mean it's pesticide-free because there's things like the wind blows it and whatever, but it's better. It go for organic, and Sandy's going to go through the clean 15 and the dirty dozen. Probably start with a dirty dozen because this is where you need to buy organic yes. in the U.S. Yes. So I just wanted to say something, but I didn't want to interrupt you, and it was so good. Mm, okay. It'll come back. <clears throat> I certainly hope so. Okay. So the dirty dozen. So these are a dozen foods, produce, fruits and vegetables, fruits and vegetables that are most pesticide residue on them. So these are things you always, always, always want to buy organic. Oh, I remembered what I wanted to say. A lot of times I have people say, well, I can't afford organic or it's too expensive. That's bullshit. What I want to say, and you can like, no, 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 no. Buying organic and being mindful of what you put in your body is an investment. It is not an expense. I want to teach you to reframe the way you think about this. The same people that have said it is too expensive are the same people that I see drinking $6.50 caramel macchiato, yeah. blah, 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 Starbucks drive-through, like – you know, getting their fake nails done every other week. Like they're spending money on stuff that literally like doesn't matter. So they just don't value it. So you have to look at this not as an expense. You look at this as an investment. You're investing up front in your health so that you don't have the expense later in life of a shorter life or of a life spent pumped up on medications or dying in the hospital prematurely, right? Mm -hmm. So I just really want to emphasize that. Don't think of buying organic or buying premium products or foods or supplements as an expense. Think of it as an investment. You are making the investment up front to live a longer, healthier, more vital life. 
Okay, so with that said, the dirty dozen, write this down. These are the things you like absolutely always want to buy organic. The first one is strawberries. It's the number one every year. Yep. Most pesticides found are found on strawberries. Yep. Number two is spinach. Also the number one or two every year. Yep. Number three is kale, collard greens, and mustard greens. So your greens. Four is nectarines. Five is apples. Six is grapes. Seven is bell peppers and hot peppers. Eight is cherries. Nine is peaches, 10 is pears, 11 is celery, and 12 is tomatoes. Now, something I want you to notice about all those things. Do you notice that you just eat the entire thing of that fruit or vegetable? You just, you directly ingest the skin, right? You, with a strawberry, you might cut off the green top, but then you eat the entire thing, right? So what you notice about these things, because you're eating the entire fruit and it doesn't have a shell or something protecting it, these ones are the most important to buy organic. I can't tell you how many times when I'm doing like an Instacart order or something and I'm like, you know, ordering my organic stuff and then I'm like, ooh, I want to add grapes or whatever. But then I see, oh, they have grapes, but they're not organic. I literally will not buy them. Um, I will, you know, go to another grocery store to be mindful of that because I know how bad that can be. And even when you get these things, even when you get them organic, wash them. Yep. Anything without a shell, wash them because you can help get some residue and different stuff off. It's still not going to be perfect. Even when you buy organic, it's not going to be perfect. There's probably still going to be traces of pesticides on it, but wash these things for sure. Okay. Now I'm going to go into the clean 15. Now these are things, of course you could still buy organic, but these are like, like if you are being budget friendly or budget mindful, these are things you can get away with not being organic. Okay, the first one is avocados. Notice you don't eat the shell of an avocado. You cut it in half and you scoop it out or you slice it, right? You're eating the inside. It's much harder for pesticides to work their way through the shell. So it's okay for you not to get organic avocados. The second one is sweet corn. Wade and I are a little weary on corn because corn is like... There's less pesticides on it because it has the outer protective layer, but it's typically GMO here in the U.S. Yeah, so it's corn genetically is not modified. really like a healthy. I think it's there's not a, a huge food. misconception that corn is healthy. If you grow wild corn on your farm, do it up. But GMO, you know, non-organic corn here in the U.S. like not a health food. It's a treat. Yeah, number three is pineapples. Number four is onions. Five is papayas. Six is sweet peas, so like frozen sweet peas. Seven is asparagus. Eight is honeydew melon. Nine is kiwis. Ten is cabbage. Eleven is mushrooms. Twelve is cantaloupe. Thirteen is mango. Fourteen is watermelon. And fifteen is sweet potatoes. So you can see those, like you, you can understand like, wow, okay, those things, most of those things have a shell or an outer layer layer or some sort of protective that doesn't allow the pesticides to absorb in as much. So that's the 30 dozen, the clean 15. And that's something that's published every year by the EWG. It's like, what is it? Environmental working group or something. You can just go Google clean 15, dirty dozen. It'll pop up. You'll see it every year. It's generally the same things pretty much every year, but they test all these different plants and they find out what's, what you need to buy organic and not. And so organic and let's talk through like grocery shopping too. So produce, if there's if there's no shell on it, buy organic. You, you just trust me. You got to do it. It's really not that much more expensive. Otherwise, you're putting pesticides in your body, your family's body, your children's body. Not cool. Spend the extra 50 cents. Beyond that, so the things with the shell, the avocado, for example, you do, and then orange, uh, you know, you don't need organic. Now let's go into protein. So we're shopping. Protein, this is very important. Again, we are what we eat, but we are what we eat eats. So what are the chicken, the beef, the pork, the anything we're eating protein-wise, meat-wise, what they eat matters a lot. You absorb the energy of that animal. Yeah, that too. If they had a horrible life, if they were pent up in a cage and stomped on and shit on and not cared for. Pumped with hormones, fed GMO corn and all sorts of stuff that they don't normally eat, but they're just meant to pump it up to make it bigger and more meat and fatter. Like that's not a healthy animal. And so we want to eat healthy animals. What if you choose to eat meat? What are the healthiest to eat? Let's go beef. It's 100% grass-fed and grass-finished, pasture-raised. So a cow that gets to just graze its natural environment in a, on a farm, on a landscape, eating grass, and it's just living its normal life. That is the best case scenario. 
organic also for that too. And you I want to point out, it's a big point, a good point that you said grass or sorry, pasture raised and pasture. Did I say Grass that? fed, grass, grass finished. Yeah. Finished. Yes. Is because a hundred percent grass fed, there's a lot of marketing, hundred percent grass fed. Technically they're still allowed. There's all these regulations and laws to like right at the very end of its life, pump it up with GMO corn and sort all sorts of feed that it wouldn't naturally eat to try and mm-hmm. fatten it up. So a hundred percent grass fed and grass finished and pasture raised means it just grazed on its pasture until it was slaughtered and made into beef, which is TMI, but. And I would say like find a, f- a local farm to you or maybe your farmer's market or I know in the past, like we've used that service butcher box, like. Or cow shares is cow something we want to do. great, yes. Find a farmer and you can share a whole cow with family or with friends or, or whoever yeah. or have it yourself and you freeze it and you're like this. And when you buy in bulk, it actually saves you a lot. And so that's something to think about. With chicken, we know of probably the word free range, right? Or chicken or turkey, any poultry. We think, oh, free range, free range. The regulations, I don't have all the stats in front of me. Free range is they're like still cooped up, pent up. They are not free to to go. So again, it's pasture raised. It's finding organic pasture raised chickens, turkey, everything like that. Typically, yes, these are the, the most expensive chicken. The most expensive ground beef is the best for you. Yes, because it was cared. It might be local farming. It's appropriately farmed. It might be environmental friendly, all the things. But you can taste the difference too. Yeah. Yeah, you it's, can. It's very different taste. And it, it, the, I feel like the taste profile is so different when you eat just like conventional meat mm-hmm. versus when you're mindful of like eating quality. Like you, you know, like, wow, this animal lived a good life. Yeah. And it didn't just, you know, live this crappy life and then die for me to have this crappy meal. Like, yeah. It, it, Everything about the whole cycle was intentional. If you get conventional meat, and when we say that, it's the non-pasture-raised. On sale, just Google like just Google chicken. like conventional meat. Google image it. Look at the chickens. Look at the life they live. They're like pent up, cooped up. They're fed not food they would normally eat. And so their whole bodies, everything about it, it creates this toxicity, right? And then we eat it and it's like, it's just, it, it doesn't fuel us. And the bodies are amazing. We can live off Oreos for a while, which is crazy. But what's going to be going on in our body is metabolic chaos. It's going to lead to disease sooner rather than later. So also when it comes to eggs, super nutrient dense uh, food. But again, go honestly, you got to go for the most expensive eggs. You got to go for the pasture raised organic because crack that yolk. You'll see it's this golden orangey yellow. When you crack a conventional egg, it's like this pale Yellow. Yellow. You can literally see the nutrient density in the yolk. And again, we are what we eat and what what they eat. When you eat a good egg too. You know it. Oh my gosh. It has so much flavor. And we go through a lot of eggs. We go through about seven to eight eggs per morning. I had four eggs and a half avocado for breakfast this morning. It was, that's a great healthy fats, protein, good meal. Cami usually has one egg. I usually have two or three. Mm -hmm. So yeah, as a family, we usually go through seven to eight eggs per morning. Like that's wild. Like I'm trying to do the math on that. I'm like seven yeah. times eight. We buy a lot of 56 eggs. 56 eggs. Yeah, we go through uh, we go through like a, cu- a few dozen eggs we per We might week. have to get chickens at some point. I know. Get your, and hey, if you can get your own chickens and your own eggs, like even better because you know what you're feeding them. You know they get to run around and all the things. So that's kind of chicken. We could cover a lot of different things. But. I actually want you to touch on oils really quick because I yeah. feel like this is something that people overlook. They really, really don't understand. Um, and this is something that if you were even just mindful of this, if you made this a non-negotiable, in your life where you were like, I do not eat XYZ type of oils, that alone would like drastically change your yeah. life. This is this simple switch alone will create like such difference in the toxicity in your body. So most people don't know like oils and how they're processed and all the things. And and the key is like how close is this to its natural state? How close is the food I'm eating to its natural state? Is it the one ingredient? What is it versus how much human processing or chemical processing has it had to go through? The more processing, the worse it is for us. Mm -hmm. When we eat processed foods like Oreos or these industrial seed oils or anything, Lay's potato chips, whatever, it goes through such processing. We eat it. Our body goes, what the heck is this? It's not food. I'll try and grab any nutrients I can from it, which is scarce. 
and I'm going to send inflammation right to the everything here and into the gut because I don't, this is an unidentified flying object. This is a UFO in my body. So I'm going to send all the signals to like rid this thing. And it just creates such turmoil, such toxicity, a term we like to use metabolic chaos in the body. And our bodies are so resilient. You can eat like crap and still live but you're living a very low quality life and you are going to die sooner. That's just how it works. And you're like, oh, my grandpa ate a, uh, had a Coke every day and whatever. Yeah, he, your grandpa had, and lived a long time, had less toxins in his life than you do today. But also, of course, the body can do that. But imagine if he didn't have a Coke every day, he would have probably lived a better life. Anyways, the industrial oils. So here's the oils to, to eat. If you could just focus on eating these oils. And unfortunately, when we go out to eat, they use a lot of these crappy oils. It's just a nature of the beast and it sucks. So So, as you're hearing this, if you have oils in your house that are not these handful or two, here's what to keep. Yeah. Here's what to keep. If you have ones that are not these literally go throw Throw them them away and tag us, throw them out because it's literally poison. I'm not like, Oh, I'll just use the rest of it. Cause it'll be a waste. No, no throw them out, dump them down the drain, whatever you got to do. Um, no, so that'll probably clog your drain. Here's yeah. Here's what to use. Well, these, in, these highly processed oils, they don't really shorten or fatten up, okay. but olive oil. Great. And if you're going, olive oil is so good for you. I take shots of it sometimes because it's just so, it's such a healthy Spoonfuls, fat yeah. and get it in a dark green glass bottle. And if you can get it organic, great. Um, actually it's better to get olive oil from the US because it didn't have to ship as far. It might not be as old, et cetera, but organic olive oil, or if it's from Italy or wherever, it doesn't need to be organic, organic extra virgin, organic olive oil in a dark green glass. So olive oil, coconut oil. Why is the glass important? Okay. Glass is important because when light can get through and heat can get through, it can disrupt like the chemical makeup of the oil and it can start to shift the oil and it can so become bad for definitely you. Definitely avoid bo- buying olive oil in a plastic container. Yes. Also, the plastic can get into the oils and then you're ingesting like the poofas, the different stuff. So, olive oil, coconut oil, go for extra virgin, unrefined coconut oil, but coconut oil is great to cook in. Avocado oil, again, the best you can get organic, cold pressed. When they say cold pressed, it means the olives, let's use olive oil, is literally cold, so it's not heated, and it's pressed to just squeeze the oil out. So that's pretty close to just an olive. It's pretty close to its natural source. Another one, if you do eat dairy, again, go for the grass-fed, 100% grass-fed, pasture-raised, but butter is good, or something like beef tallow, which is harder to find, but fat from an animal like butter or beef tallow is Even also ghee, good. right? Ghee butter is... is a type of butter, again, get grass-fed, where the lactose has been, most of it has been removed from the butter. So if you're lactose intolerant, ghee butter that's grass-fed, you can probably do. Um, Sandy's lactose intolerant, but when she eats high-quality dairy grass-fed, you don't react to it, right? Yeah, your body actually so craves crazy. it right now as you're pregnant because of the healthy fats and all the things. So when we cook eggs, we'll typically put grass-fed butter in the pan and we'll cook some eggs. So those are what to focus on. There might be a few more good ones, macadamia nut oil, this cold press, all that stuff. But those are like the main four. Olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, butter, grass-fed butter. Everything else, avoid. Now, there's certain things you can do if it's certain things, but like the worst things, and this is why they're bad, because something like vegetable oil or canola oil or corn oil, right? You're like, oh, vegetable oil, it sounds fine. Typically, it's in the supermarket, it's in a clear plastic case and it's in like a big quantity. This is the process it goes through. And I don't know exactly, you could Google it, but it's high heated to, it's typically like GMO corn. It's whatever the government subsidizes. That's what farmers and the people making this stuff, big food companies use because it's the cheapest. They're getting the cheapest thing. They're getting it subsidized. They high heat it to like melt it, to try and extract some of the fats out of it into the oil And in that high heating, and they chemically treat it, it changes the chemical compound of it. It becomes highly toxic to your body, where it's literally poisonous, where your body's like, what is this? And your body sends such inflammation in when you ingest this stuff. And you may not feel it, but it's the compound effect. You're not going to necessarily feel a little bit of canola oil in your body, but canola oil compounded over and over is just going to lead to disease. It's going to lead to a bad life. So- 
canola oil, corn oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, basically anything other than those four, typically what you're going to find in any grocery store anywhere, you don't do because it's it's high heated. Here's a few exceptions for the nerds out there like me that like, want to look, sunflower oil, it sounds fine, terrible for you because it's chemically processed, high heated. Now, if it's high oleic and cold pressed, then it's just a sunflower seed that's like pressed and mushed and made into oil. And that's fine because it's close to that. It's not high heated. The chemical properties aren't changed. We're kind of nerding out on oils, but this is really important because if you have any of those oils, toss them out immediately and start to read ingredient labels on these processed foods where there are multiple ingredients. If there's any of those oils in it, don't get it. If you do get it, know that like, okay, I'm putting a little bit of poison in my body and I'm just going to do that for now because it's the July 4th barbecue and I'm going to eat these chips. There's the chips though. There's brands like Siete and all sorts of brands that start to use avocado oil for their chips and stuff like that. But that's the high level on oils. So good. And something I want to highlight, like when we coach people through our 30 day programs, we teach people all this stuff and we teach them how to read ingredient labels. Mm-hmm. And that is knowledge you will have for your entire life. That's why earlier I said, our intention is that you learn things that can generationally shift the course of your family's health yeah. history because you're going to learn stuff that you can pass down to your kids, to your kids' kids, and that will always stay with you. So, for example, if you live in the U.S., I'm sure you've heard of Trader Joe's. Not hating on Trader Joe's. They have a lot of great stuff. Mm-hmm. But they also have a lot of stuff that looks like it's great and it's not, right? For example, I just want to highlight this. They have a massive hummus section at their store and, like, dips, Right. There's probably like 40 different dips that they have, and there's maybe two that are okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Usually the second ingredient on all of their hummuses and dips is canola oil. Canola oil or sunflower oil. Yep. So if you actually learn about these things and you start learning how to read nutrition labels, you realize, oh my gosh, even though this is organic and like vegan and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And whatever the marketing label is saying, you turn it around, you look at the ingredients and you're like, wait, but the very second ingredient they put in was canola oil. I'm not putting that in my body. I'm not feeding that to my baby. Mm -hmm. Right. So once you learn some of these things, you can't unknow it. Right. Once you know it, you can't unknow it. Our whole intention is just education is just enlightenment is just like you feeling empowered and knowing, because I think so many people just don't know. They think, oh, I'm eating hummus and carrots. I'm super freaking healthy. That might seem like it's healthy, but if your carrots are organic and if your hummus is packed with canola oil, that's actually not a healthy snack. No. Even if you had the best, if you grabbed a carrot from your farm in the backyard and then you dipped in Trader Joe's hummus with canola oil, you're like, carrot, getting nutrients here, dipping it in poison. Now, <laughs> I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the canola oil is poisonous for your body. And there is, that's the second ingredient. It's the second most abundant ingredient in that hummus. And it's like, so it's all these crazy little things and it's not totally the consumer's fault. It's up to yourself to ed- self-educate. But what America allows in our products in our food is absolutely nuts. It's crazy. And it's up to us to take control of our health and to just learn. And when we know better, we can do better and do it for us. But then for generations to come, right? For our kids, they're going to adopt our healthy habits. And so I think a call like the C block let's go into is a call to action. If you're like, whoa, I could benefit. This was super educational. I didn't know some of this stuff or I'm at a place in my life, which we all are, where I could benefit from a cellular cleansing or to detox my body or to do some nutritional rebalancing, promote good, healthy, healthy gut, learn about ingredients, do all these things, feel good, build a sustainable lifestyle where I can feel good, look good, be healthy. Sandy and I are health coaches. We help people do this. We've helped hundreds of people Some people want to come come in wanting to lose weight. Some want to gain weight. Some just want to feel better. So with all sorts of different things, and we aren't making any claims, of course, but we can help you. And that is one of our biggest passions. As you can tell from this episode, we're super passionate about health and we're passionate about empowering other people in their health by giving them the tools. And we coach people through a 30-day program that's not a diet. It's a lifestyle program where once you go through it, you learn so much 
that after that 30 days, you're equipped with knowledge and experience where you're like, whoa, I could make this a lifestyle. I know how to approach the rest of my life healthier. So, And it goes long beyond just the 30 days, you yeah. know? So it breaks down to like $10 a day too. Like, I'm sorry, you can afford that. Like if you calculate what you're spending right now at Starbucks, at drive throughs at Chipotle, at the grocery store, at going out to dinner, at, you know, stopping at the bar, grabbing a drink with your friend after work, blah, blah, blah. If you calculate what you're spending on coffee, alcohol, food, drinks, eating out, you're going to save money doing this program. And, you know, like as you think through prioritizing your health, think about like, man, if I knew that this could work for me, if I knew that this could help with, remember some of those um, signs of toxicity that we mentioned at the end of last episode, if I knew that this could help me with maybe some of my anxiety or my bloating or my slow digestion or my constipation or my depression or anxiety or my allergies or my acne or whatever it is, like chances are you prioritizing your health and learning these things and adopting these things and letting Wade and I coach you through this is going to change your life. And you don't just get like, not only do you get the one-on-one coaching from Wade and I, we're going to give you shopping lists. We're going to give you recipes. We have an accountability group with other people that do this. We have so many people that do this program. We've actually created a system where we have healthy living groups that kick off the first and third Monday of every single month. So as you're listening to this, if you open up your calendar and you look like whatever today is, you can say like, okay, so like this episode is dropping on Wednesday, May 10th. So on Monday, May 15th is our next healthy living group that's kicking off. If you're listening to this and you're like, yo, like I need to do this. I need to pop into the next group. Let us know. Just DM us interested in your cell. Or we'll drop a link in the bio even where you can can just click, click on it and go from there and then DM us or text us if you have our number and just let us know like, Hey, I'd love to do this. Or if you have questions, DM us. Text us, whatever it is. So I hope you learned something. We're so grateful for you listening. Send this to someone that needs to hear this. Who Who could learn something from this episode? And as always, if you are enjoying what you're learning, please subscribe, write a review, share it on social media. That's how the podcast continues to grow. Guys, over 500,000 downloads, over 250 episodes. We're so grateful for you. And next week, we're going to be focusing more on detoxing your life. Mm -hmm. So not just, you know, being mindful of what you're eating, but being mindful of so much more. We're going to talk about detoxing toxic relationships out of your life. Like, you know, maybe the negative people that are draining you. We're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about so many different elements. Probably even what we put on our body. We Mm kind of covered what we put in our body, but on our body, all sorts of different things. Yeah, that's a fun fact because did you know that your skin is your biggest organ and what you put on your skin absorbs into your body? It affects your endocrine system. It affects your hormone system. Like fun fact, not so fun, but it's true. For example, one in seven couples in the United States struggle with infertility. They have trouble you know, getting pregnant. A lot of that is tied back to the hormone disruptors, endocrine disruptors. Isn't that crazy to think, wait, if I was more mindful of like the products I was using, like the shampoo, the conditioner, the skincare, the makeup, the deodorants, the lotions, the the perfumes, the products, all the crap that I'm spraying on my skin and in my hair and on my body, maybe that could actually, like the nail polish, like all these like toxic things, maybe that could actually be helping me mm-hmm. on my journey, right? And so it's not the only thing, but no, it's, it's just a part of it. It's a, it's a, there's a direct correlation why this day and age, one in seven couples have struggled getting pregnant versus our grandparents. It was not one in seven. Mm-mm. I don't know exactly what it was, but it's just what the toxicity in, in our food and our products has like exacerbated issues like this. Yep. So that's just one tiny example. So next week, tune in if you want to learn more about detoxing your life. And I think that's all we have for today. That's all we got. We'll see you next week. Ta-ta. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.